Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. With me today is Marilisa Allegrini, whose family winery is in Valpolicella in northeast Italy. Welcome, Marilisa. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you very much. Just tell us a little bit about your family history. My family has been living and making wine in Valpolicella for many, many years. And in fact, I am the sixth generation in the wine business. And uh, let's say that uh, it was my father who in the 50 expanded the winery by buying new uh, vineyard, increasing production and focusing on the concept uh, of the single vineyard. Since then, the company has grown. My brother Franco took over in the the vinification process when my father passed away and it was a big challenge for us for the entire family to carry on what my father did uh, trying to be as successful as he was but I think that uh, we could count on the best location of the Valpolicella area and so we succeed. Your father was very interesting you talked about when he was buying vineyards he didn't um, select his vineyards randomly he deliberately chose the best sites on hill slopes why was that important? He selected the vineyard up on the hillside because he strongly believed in the quality of Corvina cultivated up on the hillside rather than in the alluvial plain. And this was the first lesson that we learned from him. And Corvina, what's that, please? Corvina is uh, the most important grape variety in Valpolicella. It's our native grape variety. And Corvina is for Verona, what Nebbiolo is for Piedmont, and what Sangiovese is for Tuscany. So Corvina cultivated up on the hillside gives you much better aromas and more concentration than when it is cultivated. So what sort of flavors are we talking about in the Corvina? Then? Uh, Corvina has two characteristics. One is aromas of cherries, very fruity and uh, sometimes fresh, like in the Valpolicella, sometimes very intense, like in the Amarone. And the second characteristic is that Corvina has very soft finish, so soft tannins. This is the most important characteristic of this grape variety. And do you make 100% Corvina? We make, yes, sir. We started in 1983 with La Poya, which is our iconic wine and is the most important wine that uh, we produce. And um, La Poya is uh, another single vineyard. And this vineyard, which has the best uh, location, is um, planted only with Corvina grape variety. So when you launched the single varietal, single vineyard Corvina wine, did your neighbours think, hang on, the Allegrini family is doing something completely crazy? Nobody's ever done that before? Yeah, we, we, we launched the La Poya in 1983 and at the beginning people really thought that from the best vineyard we could make uh, Amarone and not uh, a table wine. At that time, La Poya was a table wine. So, but uh, we focus on this concept, single grape variety and single vineyard. Okay, so obviously two of the famous stars in the Valpolicella region is Arecciotto and Amaroni, and they involve uh, dried grapes, yeah? Yes, they are both made from dried grapes, and this is a technique that is historical for the Valpolicella. But also in the drying process, we did a lot of innovation, because in 1998, we built a uh, this facility that was uh, the creation of my brother Franco, uh, together with a professor in enology, his name was uh, Roberto Ferrarini. And uh, we built this facility to be able to control the 
process, so not to have risk of mold or botrytis during the drying stage. And this was another big improvement for the company because we were able to make the style of Amarone that we really like, so with the concentration but no oxidation. Okay, so what's the difference between drying the grapes, picking them as, as grapes, normal grapes, and then laying them on in, a, in an area where they can where they can concentrate and shrivel a little bit? Yeah. What's the advantage of doing that in a controlled environment as opposed to a sort of natural environment? What's the advantage for you as a producer and, and for the consumer who's going to drink the wine? You know, we, we don't control the in a sophisticated or a technical way the drying process. The only thing that we do is to have a, a low humidity and to have good ventilation. And so... By doing this, the grapes can manage the first stage of the drying process in uh, being healthy and so not to have botrytis. And what's the resulting wine like? Why is it different from, say, a normal red wine? Allegrini Amarone is a type of wine that uh, have concentration, balance in terms of alcohol content and uh, residual sugar. And uh, the characteristic is that uh, we prevent any kind and any touch of oxidation. And I think that uh, our Amarone has become a kind of benchmark in this uh, style. Well, in fact, Amarone has become a real um, cult wine almost, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, the the traditional style of Amarone was uh, drank by a small percentage of high-end consumer. This kind of Amarone that can match with food and can match with a wide range of dishes, including Italian, but Asian, etc. And so this is what uh, changed completely the market for Amarone. Okay, your family has also invested in Tuscany in two of the most famous regions in Tuscany, uh, Brunello of uh, Montalcino fame and also the Tuscan coast, Bulgari. Yes. Why did you do that? You know, sometimes you want to be to go out for your comfort zone and so you want to challenge and uh, you know that uh, we like the challenge but uh, what uh, really inspired us was to deal with other wine producers area and we chose Bulgari first because Bulgari was kind of a different thing from Valpolicella is a new area is not as old as the Amarone and also in Bulgari you have what are called international grape variety so we like to deal with a very historical indigenous grape variety like Corvina in one side and with the international grape variety in another one and we fell in love at first sight because Bulgari is so beautiful and we invested heavily. What I found interesting about your work in, in Bulgari was you really believed in the Cabernet Franc grape which I love Cabernet Franc grape why did you do that why did you see its potential before many other people did? I was impressed by the first vintage because I think that Cabernet Franc is a grape variety that if you cultivate at the wrong latitude, you don't have quality. If you cultivate Cabernet Franc where you can achieve the phenolic maturation, you have spiciness, you have concentration, you have very exciting and very good flavor. So from the first vintage, I realized that the Cabernet Franc cultivated at 43 degrees latitude was possible to achieve this maturation. So what flavors does a ripe Cabernet Franc grapes give to your Bulgari red wines? It has this uh, the, the spiciness uh, licorice, do you find licorice, things like that in there? Licorizia? Licorizia, yes, licorizia, very good. Okay. And also sage, the Mediterranean herbs that make, uh, that give the complexity, very interesting complexity to the wine. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, Brunello di Montalcino. Why did you want to get involved in Brunello? You know, 
Brunello, we purchased this company that was already established. So in Bulgaria, we started from scratch. And in Montalcino, the company was already there. And the name? Uh, San Polo. San Polo. And uh, I decided to buy this property because uh, of the location. Montalcino is uh, one of the largest common in Italy, is uh, more or less uh, 300 square kilometers. So it's very large, you have different uh, soil, different exposure, different uh, climatic condition. San Polo, in my opinion, is uh, on top of the hill and uh, is facing east and south. So it's a fantastic location for the Sangiovese. And then Sangiovese was uh, a grape variety that uh, I always love and uh, I think that uh, Sangiovese in some way has some similarity with the rigorous, what I call rigorous grape variety like uh, Nebbiolo and uh, and it is completely the opposite of Amarone. So I like this kind of uh, <laughs> different situation. They're sort of savoury wines as well, aren't they? Yes. The best yes. You know, you do, um, your, your vineyard in, in Montalcino has a fantastic view. Yes, I have to say yes, it's a beautiful, it's, beautiful site. Yeah, it's a very nice location, very good soil, very good uh, ventilation, so we can do the organic uh, protocol. And in fact, uh, this year, Sao Paulo will be organically certified because we started uh, five years ago. Do you think you can extend that to your other estates as well, the organic management? Um, I don't know if my daughter will do something like this, but I think that uh, I am okay. And your daughter's and, name? Uh, your daughter's uh, name? Carlotta, I have two. Carlotta and Caterina Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't want to invest in another company because I like to take care of everything so I like to visit the vineyard I like to go in the cellar to taste the wines and uh, the day is uh, 24 hours so we cannot uh, extend to 36 hours (laughs) Final question about um, women involved in the the drinks business the wine industry are you worried about the future of your two daughters in the wine industry or do you think uh, it's becoming less of a sexist environment? I'm sure I'm sure. I see a very bright future for women in the wine business. And I must say that when I started, I was one of the very first women. Was it hard for you then? I don't know. I I was always a respect. It was hard when I was uh, 17, 18 years old, but uh, my father didn't make any difference in gender. So I didn't feel any difference between myself and my brother. Brilliant. Thank you very much for coming in today. I wish you every success with all your projects and hope to see you in Bulgaria or Malta or even in Valpolicella on one of those beautiful hill slopes that you've got. Thank you very much. And also the people that listen to this, uh, they are very welcome to come. Both of them. Thanks. Thank you very much. Follow us at Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook.